It's the Real Roots Radio podcast, on-demand content highlighting the best information and entertainment from the Real Roots Radio team. Here's Daniel Mullen sitting down with one of today's top music makers on Real Roots Radio. I'm so glad to welcome Tim Rabin of the band Merle Monroe to Real Roots Radio today. How you doing, Tim? Great, Daniel. Good to be with you. Good to be with you as well. Uh, we heard moving on. Your guys' band name is Merle Monroe, and I think that's a great name because it really describes what you're going for on blending the country and the bluegrass. What, right, right. Yeah. How did you come up with the idea to uh, start a country grass band? Well, you know, uh, there's so many great bluegrass bands out there, um, and we were not sure that you know that's where you know we could we could really fit in. We had, we thought we had to come up with a different kind of concept. However, it, you know, uh, I don't know anybody that's in bluegrass that doesn't love Merle Haggard. Um, you know, Bob and Sonny Osborne made a whole career off of singing Merle Haggard songs. Uh, and if you go into any, you know, bluegrass show today, uh, odds are a band's probably going to play one, even two of Merle Haggard songs back in the 60s and 70s and very early 80s. So, um, and, you know, he had, you know, his music is so so conducive harmony-wise to what bluegrass is, Merle Haggard I'm talking talk about. And then, obviously, our love of Bill Monroe, the father of bluegrass, and so we thought that if we could come up with a concept and join those two monarchs, if you will, of music, uh, and, and kind of combine it together, we, we may have something. We, we didn't know if it was going to work or not. Obviously, we didn't know, but uh, we tried to put that concept together. And then, and that's kind of where it all kind of derived from. And, um, and so we just thought the perfect name would be Merle Monroe. It's perfect because when you hear the you hear the word Merle, it's synonymous with country music, and you hear Monroe, of course, that's synonymous with bluegrass. So it really right. accurately describes what you guys are going for. Right, right, yeah. Well, we hope so. Yeah. Uh-huh. Tim, you're you're a veteran of the music industry. You've been around a long time, but this is the first time that you've kind of started your own band. What what was that challenge like uh, to uh, start your own? Uh, own band after uh, you know being such a veteran in this industry for so long well yeah you know i uh there for uh, a long time you know my brothers and i had a bluegrass band that we were very young boys and then you know we got we all got married and, and uh we went our separate ways and, and uh marty raven went to nashville started the country super band shenandoah and then uh, I just kind of got out of music for a while, and then I, in the early, very early 90s, uh, I started singing at a club in, in the Orlando area, and RCA uh, was after me at that time. They wanted me to uh, come, maybe come to the label and do a record deal with them. Uh, it, it didn't work out, but I'm, I'm kind of thankful that it didn't. But However, that got me moved to Nashville and kind of got me back into the music business full-time. And then in 1997... You know, Marty and I had uh, a big gold-selling record called Butterfly Kisses in the country field. And and so, and from and then a short time after that, a few years after that, I kind of got back out of it again and started the business in, in the Nashville area. And then, uh, but, I, but, but then Marty started the Bluegrass Band uh, a short time after our uh, Butterfly Kisses record come out. And, uh, and I met Daniel Grindstaff, my partner in uh, Merle Monroe, with Marty. 
And I was just so impressed with him. He is He's just a smart guy, a good, good business head on him. He's a great banjo player. And our love of music is very similar. Uh, so it, it just, it just, it go all, all the stars lined up, if you will. Uh, but I always said that uh, at my age, I, I would not start a band with anybody except him. And, and uh, so uh, that's kind of really the concept. We, we talked about it probably for four or five years about this, this band, to put the band together. And finally, one day, I just called Daniel up and said, listen, why don't we just cut two or three things and, and just see if any labels w- would be interested in it. And lo and behold, uh, the first one we went to was Pine Castle Records. They said, absolutely, we'll, we'll take it on. So that's kind of where that, how, how really all that got started. You mentioned your partner, Daniel Grindstaff. He's a veteran in bluegrass as well. Played banjo with Jim and Jesse for a long time. You guys uh, met up uh, working with your your brother, Marty. Uh, So that had to be uh, super funny. You guys kind of cut from the same cloth. You're both huge Osborne Brothers fans. You you know, Jim and Jesse, they kind of like the Osborne Brothers too. Kind of had that country grass feel on blending the two music. So it seems like a real natural fit for you guys to come together and come up with this uh, unique concept for Merle Monroe. Yeah, yeah, it, it it was. It just it just worked out great. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't have chose a better partner. I'll be honest with you. Visiting with Tim Rabin of the band Merle Monroe here on Real Roots Radio. Tim, you, you mentioned that you started off singing with your brothers, but uh, what first uh, got you hooked on bluegrass music? My daddy, um, much like Joe uh, and his daddy, uh, and Daniel and his daddy. Uh, I mean, it that that. That's the, that is the wonderful thing about bluegrass music. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is, uh, you know, when you're uh, first, uh, in, the, in, the, in a country field, you know, now if, if you want to take your boy to a country concert, you've got to have a pocket full of money. I mean, country, country concerts are very expensive. Oh, yeah. But, but bluegrass is not. So and it's something that, you know, is so organic. And you're there for two or three days. It's a very family-oriented uh, uh, situation, you know, when you go, and our daddy brought us, in 1972, brought us to our very first bluegrass festival, and it was the Osborne Brothers, Jim and Jesse, Jimmy Martin, the Lewis family, the Sullivan family, and we were hooked. I mean, I was That's probably, a crew there. <laughs> uh, I was only nine or ten years old, I guess, at that time, and I was hooked. And, and the Osborne Brothers were the coolest, they were the coolest dudes on the market at that time. And we just fell in love with them. Just, just their music, just their, their charisma on, on stage. And just, man, they just had the whole package. And my brothers and I, there again, just started uh, just emulating them. But our daddy is the one who got us involved with bluegrass music at a very young age. What about the Osborne brothers in particular piqued your interest as a young boy? Uh, you know, I think, you know, they, uh, their sound was just different. And what I mean by that is, you know, in most bands, even today, you have a lead singer and you have a tenor singer. And then you have a baritone singer, typically. Jim and Jesse would be a perfect example of that. And they were great. They were wonderful. They were masters at what they did. But it's a lead singer and a tenor singer. Now, what the reason they could make it work so well, they were brothers. Mm-hmm. So Jesse... Uh, did the lead jim did the harmony so he never had to worry about jim leaving and because every time you get a new harmony singer tenor singer if you will you kind of change your sound 
with their sound was so con- con- uh, just there all the time. Well, the difference with Bob, Bob and Sonny Osborne, you know, Bobby, they, they changed harmony lines. So Bobby did a, a real high, high lead. Sonny sang under him, and then they could pick up whoever they wanted to, Adele Sled or Ronnie Reno, Bernie Bur- uh, Benny Burtsfield, uh, Holly uh, 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 Gabbard. I mean, they could pick up a whole lot of different people, and their sound never was different because Bobby did the high lead and Sonny did the baritone. And it didn't matter who, who did the low part. So it, it was just, but it was just a different sound, harmony structure-wise. Of course, everybody loved Ruby. Everybody loved Rocky Top. And and uh, and then it's it just they did all the real high lead endings. You know, they, all their endings were very, very exuberant, just very, just, you couldn't wait till the end of the song because you knew they wouldn't be something spectacular. And, and, they, and they would always surprise you with something. And they were just different in that way. What are some of your favorite Osmond Brothers recordings? Well, some of the stuff that's pretty pretty obscure to, uh, you know, Son of a Sawmill Man. Oh, that yeah. may be my favorite. Um, but, uh, you know, some of the stuff that's on that 68 to 72 collection, mm-hmm. Heavy on My Mind Today is one of my favorite oh, ones. We played that one just last hour on, on the program. <laughs> oh, man, that's, see, that's one of my favorite songs. Uh, just a lot. You know, High on the Hilltop, which there again was a, a Merle Haggard song originally. Uh, uh, you know, if, if, if you were sitting in my truck right now, what's in my CD player is one of the discs from that 68 to 72 MCA uh, DECA recording session. It's in my truck today. I, I still listen to it. I still sing with it to keep my chops up because we kind of, we kind of had that kind of same kind of harmony structure that Bob and Sonny had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll never be able to do what they did. Uh, just that's impossible. But our structure is the same. And it seems like your approach to music is similar as well. Because Bobby and Sonny, you know, while they did venture into country stuff like opening for Merle Haggard and had a bunch of country hits, the bluegrass flavor was always at the forefront. And uh, that kind of country grass sound is something that has been kind of absent in bluegrass for a while. And I'm so glad you guys are bringing back that melding, uh, that melting pot of bluegrass and country. Because as you mentioned, most people are fans of both. Yeah, I think so. Traditional country, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, the you know the, you you can pull out a Lefty Brazil song. We, we're we're cutting Saginaw, Michigan on on our new record, uh, oh, the old Lefty Brazil song. Uh, you know, Bill Anderson wrote that. Just man, just a, a great song. And, and and we got a couple other surprises. Uh, uh, kind of go back. We're probably going to cut Diana, uh, the Merle Haggard song mm-hmm. that he had out. Um, um, you know, back in the early, very early 70s, may, may, may put that on the new record. Um, but look, yeah, I think you're right. There again, because the old style country, the Buck Owens, the Merle Haggard, the George Jones, for even, their music was, was, was really, that cloth was cut through bluegrass. You know, George Jones was a bluegrass singer like Joe Dippie was a bluegrass singer. Now, he went into country. But that man loved bluegrass. He loved Bill Monroe like we all do. Uh, both of them did, for that matter. So a lot of your uh, more traditional country singers really cut their teeth on bluegrass. And that's what makes it so conducive to, you know, making it, in, make it into bluegrass 
you know, music. It, it just it just works well. Now it, it, it's hard to take a Brooks and Dunn song as good as they are. It's hard to our Garth Brooks song. It's kind of hard to turn that into a a hard driving bluegrass song. Or but that music's great on its own. But the older music, older country music, is really really it, it parallels very well with bluegrass. We're hanging out with Tim Rabin of Merle Monroe on Real Roots Radio. Now, Tim, you mentioned, you know, an upcoming album. You mentioned some great old country songs you're going to include. But you guys have some great uh, new songs that on your last mm-hmm. album kind of had a mix of some old favorites and some great new songs as well. One of those new songs just hit number one today on Bluegrass yeah. Today. Why don't you tell us about your new song, Hello Sunshine? Well, hey, uh, so... You know, in Nashville, the last two years, we've had a pretty gloomy winter. We didn't have any snow. It really wasn't freezing cold like it normally, normally is. It's just gloomy. And about uh, about the end of March, it's just a beautiful, beautiful uh, spring day. And the sun just came out very early in the morning. And I looked outside, and I said, hello, sunshine. And then I walked back. I was... <laughs> I think I was outside actually with my dog, to be honest with you. And I walked back inside, and I said, hello, sunshine. And then I said, boy, it's been a long time. Because it, it just seemed like we had just had nothing but cloudy, gloomy skies for a while. And I sit down at my computer, and normally I, yeah, you, know, you write a song, you normally pick up a guitar, kind of get a melody going, kind of try to, you know, get. I didn't do that this time. I just sat down at my computer, and I put down, hello, sunshine. It's been a long time. And then I just metaphorically put it over to to a a uh, to a lady, yeah. and then talks about like a uh, love that 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 this person had, and and within fifteen minutes, I had the song written, uh, but it, and put it on put it on a new record, and uh, it's done extremely well for us. We were so thick, uh, tickled and so thankful and grateful to everybody. You guys that played it, um, people that requested it, it's just it's just humbling. I'll be honest with you, Daniel, it's very humbling. And not a better time for a song like that to come out, because as kind of bleh as the year has been so far with all this craziness, it's good to have a good feel-good song to hear on the radio. Yeah, you know, it, it, uh, it, it's worked out well for us, uh, and I don't know if that was just a subconscious thing, but I just felt like I, you know, I was feeling kind of the same way, and of course the pandemic was very new at that time, uh, and so I think you're right. I think, you know, people, look, we want to bring people joy with our music, um, like most people do. I mean, obviously, most bands want to bring joy to people. We want to make people smile. We want to make people think. We want to make people cry sometimes with a, with a song that maybe reflects, you know, maybe growing up or loss of a parent or a breakup you've had in the past or whatever. But you got to get it back down to where you fill people with hope and joy that they want to listen to your music, and 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 we we're hoping that we we've, we've done that. Oh, it's a it's a fun song from a fun new band, Merle Monroe. Tim, where can folks go to learn more about uh, the band? And you know, whenever things kind of open back up, where they can keep an eye on tour dates and more information about the upcoming album when it's available. Yeah, thank you. Uh, just go to MerleMonroeBand.com. MerleMonroeBand.com. It will have all of our information on there, booking, who, who, who does our booking. You can buy our merchandise there uh, and just kind of keep keep track of us. But also on Facebook, where we, we, uh, we have a good marketing plan on Facebook. You can find us on there, too. We, we post a lot of things as well. 
MerleMonroeBand.com for their website, or you can find Merle Monroe on Facebook as well to keep up to date with all the activities of Tim Rabin, Daniel Grindstaff, and the rest of Merle Monroe. Thank you so much for joining me on the air today, Mr. Rabin. I really appreciate oh, it. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it. Everyone has time for good music. You got time to breathe. You got time for music. The Daniel Mullins Midday Music Spectacular, weekdays 10 to noon on Real Roots Radio.